0: Hello, my name is Anna, and if you're into scary stories and creepy real-life happenings, then I think you will love my podcast. Let me tell you a scary story. Join me every week as I read to you stories of the paranormal that actually happen to ordinary people. These are things that can't be explained and don't always make much sense, and they are sure to intrigue and to give you the shivers. So join me on your favourite podcast listening platform and let me tell you a scary story. Hey there, this is Erica Kelly, host of Southern Fried True Crime. I cover contemporary and historical cases, and I love listener suggestions. And like any good gossip, I'm interested in anyone and anything. Come join me as I explore the dark underbelly of the Deep South. I'm a one-woman show in a narrative format, kind of like sitting by the fire and listening to a story. So pull up a chair and subscribe if you're interested. I'd love to have you. You can find me on any of your favorite podcast apps. Just search for Southern Fried True Crime. Until then, y'all take care.
1: The following is a fourth-hand production.
2: Hey guys, welcome to episode 36 of State of Fear Podcast. I am your host, Chris Davila, and with me, as always, is my co-host, James Bishop.
1: From afar, my brother, from afar. From afar I think this first uh, episode we recorded uh, in separate locations. But not too far,
2: not too far from me. Uh, close no. up, still in the city, just you're at home, chilling with your cats.
1: At the his house. That's yep.
2: right. Uh, yeah, so today we are covering... The uh, great state of Ohio,
1: Ohio, Ohio. Oh, we're out of the ends now. That's right. Fantastic. We
2: we are on to the O's, and that makes us probably about halfway through. I think, right?
1: Uh thirty six. But we're more than halfway, brother.
2: Well, I mean, because that also counts like all the extra bonus stuff that we did too, right? So, I mean, we this did, is, true. Oh, we this did, is we, true. We did a two-parter and, and a two-parter, so it kind of messes up the count officially. Officially, but.
1: Man, that's that's your fault. <laughs>
2: that's not my fault. That's yeah. the fault, Mister
1: Mister. What's his name? Mister Two Episodes, because he was Massage so much Maniac. on. Was it uh, Gross? Yeah. Right? Uh
2: huh. Yeah. An appropriate name yeah. too. Yeah. Well, have you uh, have you been to Ohio, James?
1: I have been to Ohio. Tell me Didn't all you, about you know? it. You did not go with us to Sedumsville Rectory, right?
2: I did not. No, no. Tell us about that. No,
1: that was. The supposed most demonically haunted location in the United States, and I went there with our paranormal group, the West Houston Paranormal Society. Whips, shout out, what's What's up? Representing what's up? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we've been on a little vacation since this whole COVID thing, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, we went there. Uh, we drove in a van. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really cool. We had our sign, we had our placards on the side of the van and stuff. So I guess somebody thought we were on TV because we got. You know, kitty oh, right. flashes and stuff on the freeway and all <laughs> kinds of mess. So, yeah, it was pretty funny. Was uh, awesome. But we, we had a great investigation, mm-hmm. uh, got some good footage, and we also had one of the funniest things we ever got on investigation. We had this uh, down in the basement. Uh, mm-hmm. Shannon and Hazel were down in the basement, and they were sitting there, and we saw these glowing eyes rise up on the window. Scared it was absolutely hilarious. We're like, what the hell is that? Me and Wayne were yelling at it, what the hell is that? <laughs> and also we heard them downstairs, what the hell are they talking about? What are they talking about? What, what What's behind this? What? And come to find out it was a raccoon. And oh we, we had a mama raccoon under the porch with babies, so she visited from time to time. But there were lots of funny parts about it. We did get some visual evidence. I saw my first shadow figure there uh, when we were there investigating. Tell us about that. That's Did not catch it on video, though, Ah, or camera. Damn, Damn. Pissed me off because I was was out of position, but I looked out of the corner of my eye and saw something moving. I looked over. Sure enough, about four or five seconds worth. It was going along this wall. Uh, Nobody else was in the room, and it was dark. So it was like dark, dark. You know, you got darker than dark. It was just walking? And and our brother Dog, our lead tech, actually fell asleep on the priest's bed upstairs. Um. It was hilarious. So... Several, a couple hours of recordings in that area were ruined by his resonating snore, but it was hilarious. We were wiped out. We drove a long, long way, and we'd already been investigating all night. But right. I will say the Cincinnati area is gorgeous. It's right there on the border. It's got a river there. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, but as far as that, I believe that's it. I think I'm going to be going back uh, probably to Cleveland, in April for the NFL draft. Although I'm not much for football right now, but we're just going to do it for the experience. Take my sons. We're going to go up there and my buddy Bill, you know, Billy. Oh, Billy boy. Billy boy. Yeah. We're going to head up there and probably go to the draft, go to the uh, hall of fame, stuff like that. So that's awesome, man. But yeah, that's a good, that's um, a good
2: Ohio story though. Man, some ghostesses. The, um, the shadow person was just walking when he saw it. Wasn't doing anything else. Just walking.
1: It was walking, but I saw no legs. It was like a moving mm, mass. Okay, it was like you know. Sometimes you can discern legs and stuff like that when you're looking, but yeah. it was just this mass that was moving. And like I said, it lasted a few,
2: just a few seconds, and it was gone. So, would you say the uh, the rectory was a good place to go investigate?
1: I would. I would recommend it okay. because we did get some evidence. Do I think it's demonically haunted? No. No. I just think the. There was one priest, I forget his name, I don't even care about his name because he was a a real bastard. Oh, was he? Uh, I think it's just his negative energy hanging out there is what the problem is. Uh, Do you think think perhaps the um,
2: shadow person was the priest?
1: Could be. Hmm. Could be. Very cool. But uh, he's been spotted more, they said, in the upper areas because I think – when they were upstairs, I think uh, Rhodey and Hazel were in the attic area. I think maybe even, um, God, who else went with us? I think it was, uh, uh, why am I having drawing a blank on her damn name? Naomi. No, Naomi. I oh, Naomi. Oh, what's up, Naomi? I think she went too. And I think they were up in the attic and they actually saw a shadow figure coming across Adam there as well. Uh, I'd have to get their verification on that, but we did see some shadows that night. We did get some orbs during the circle, some ones that reacted to what we were doing, not just the random floating crap, Right? Know. Yeah. you know, 90, 98% of orbs are BS anyway. Oh we yeah, of course, that, so. absolutely, yeah, that's for damn sure. But cool. that's
2: it, bro. Cool. No, that's a cool story, man. Man, thanks for sharing. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I wish I could have gone. I can't do it. can couldn't do it. I didn't have any vacation time at my job at the time. So I was like, I can't go. It sucks. That
1: did suck. Of all people who mm-hmm. needed to be in a demonically haunted location, it's, you, my brother, well, should have been there. I know. I Maybe been one there. day we'll get a chance to do it again. Who knows? That's yeah. if they even still have the place open. And I this, don't
2: know. And if that's the case this time, I will go without pay. If I have to take a, hey. a day off at, without pay, I'll do it because I'm going to go.
1: That's right. Yeah, when we get back in order, we're gonna start hitting some good locations again and get back in the saddle where we was I'm excited. back in the day.
2: Yeah, I'm excited at that. After being inside all this time, I am ready to do some ghost hunting for sure. Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right, well let's get into some state facts real quick. And since this is a um since we're doing like a, a, a far away episode, I'll just read a couple <laughs> and then I'll read some celebrities and we'll just go from there.
1: Sounds like plan. I'll just throw in my two cents.
2: How's that? I love it. Love it. <laughs> And uh, That's what I do. You might That's get, what I do, brother. You might get some change back. OK, so Ohio didn't officially become a state until 1953. Holy hell. It was declared a state in 1803, but didn't get the presidential stamp of approval until uh, President Dwight Eisenhower signed off. He backdated the declaration to the original date, though.
1: Really? Yeah, interesting. How in the hell did that happen? How did sixty years go by without becoming a state? That's strange.
2: That is something we should probably look into for the next time we come around Ohio, because that is definitely weird. Maybe so. Yeah. Sounds like a plane. Ohio native James Riddy invented the cash register in eighteen
1: seventy eight.
2: As a salon owner, Riddy had a problem with his employees stealing money. They still they still do, even with the <laughs> register, they still steal the money. What the hell?
1: at least now we get fingerprints or you get, you hear the bell ring. Say, hey, 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 who's touching my cash register? Yeah, good point.
2: He got the idea of a machine that kept track of the money transactions while looking at machinery on the steamboat to Europe. Interesting. Uh, One one famous person, Thomas Edison, was born in Milan, Ohio.
1: Tommy, Tommy what's up, brother?
2: Shawshank Redemption was shot at the Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield, which is also supposed to be haunted.
1: Yes, and that is that is one of the locations we actually have on our wish list.
2: Yes, I definitely want to go with that one for, Absolutely. for sure. And last but not least, the Cuyahoga River has caught fire at least 13 times. The it's- Cuyahoga River. Oh, that's from, oh, um,
1: London to Cleveland major league. Yep. Major League. That's, that's from right. major league. <laughs> oh, uh, that what's,
2: what's that fool's name that sings that and also sings a toy story song. Um, Rand. No, was it? Oh, that's Randy. Uh, yes. Yeah, Randy, Randy Newman, Randy Newman. I was going to say Randy Watts, but that's not right. Randy Newman. That's right.
1: Randy Newman.
2: Yep. It's aptly nicknamed the river that caught fire. The river was one of the most polluted rivers in the country and would catch fire after sparks from the train would fall into the water.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say there's a reason it's caught fire so many times because there's so much industrial waste that used to be dumped into that thing. The entire top of the river, like the top inch or two, was solid, flammable and industrial waste materials. The actual water was a couple of inches actually below the surface. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, when it went up, it went up.
2: Just just pure, pure um, pollution up in that place.
1: That's right, it's horrible. Now, I believe they have definitely got their crap together and have cleaned it up. Yes. Uh but yes, it used to be just a free-for-all because I mean back in the day, they used to just dump loads of crap into the rivers, into the lakes, and I am glad that for that part they have really tightened it up because I, although, you know, I'm more of a conservative leaning person. I'm not a tree hugger per se, but okay. I do love Mother Nature and I love the earth. Yeah, you're a and mountain like, man. I'm a who?
2: A mountain man. You're a mountain man, dude.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I am. Yes, you are. I like, I like pretty stuff and I, I don't want, I don't like to see nature all screwed up like that, so.
2: Well, after a highly media-covered fire in 1969, Congress was inspired to clean up pollution across the country and established the Environmental Protection Agency. So,
1: ah, so that's where uh, that's
2: where the EPA comes where, from.
1: Uh, yeah, thanks yeah. to the, the uh, dirty, dirty Hang river. On. I got his name; it's coming to my brain. All right, all right, Walter, Walter Peck, Walter Peck, Peck that's our board right.
2: <laughs> Walter Peck, Mr. That's Pecker, right. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Walter Peck. That's right. Thanks to Ohio, that dickless wonder (laughs) let all the ghosts out of the containment unit.
1: That's right. Yep, the grid was shut off by Dickless. That was a bad thing. Bad, bad thing. This is true. That
2: man has no dick. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get into some uh, people, famous celebrities born in Ohio. So we have people's Steven Spielberg. Steve. Steven. You know, yep. obviously uh, a huge director, producer of just, I mean, all things uh, influential.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Great guy. Yeah. Clancy Brown. Great. Clancy great, Brown. Great oh, yeah, I like that guy. A lot of people don't know him, but you just mentioned Shawshank. Mm-hmm. Clancy Brown played Captain Stephen Hadley.
2: Yeah. He, he is actually, he's a great actor. He's been in like a bunch of things and, and he's one of those actors like, we like, Oh, I know that guy, but you don't know his name, but you know him
1: from all these other movies. Uh, One of my most favorite roles of his he was Wee his name was Weasel in a movie called Thunder Alley. I don't know if anybody's ever seen that. It's a very offbeat 80s movie about a rock band. Okay. But he he's like their road manager and he was real good in that. He was also uh in another really good movie that I like that a lot of people didn't uh that may or may not remember is called shoot to kill. It was with Tom Berger and Kirstie Alley. Okay. About Kirstie was leading a group of guys hiking. It was part of his, a fishing trip right? and hiking through the woods. And they were, they would camp in these small cabins and move on, you know, but, uh, he turns out he was the killer in the movie. Uh,
2: So it was
1: pretty cool. cool. So you might want to check that out folks. If you, if you come across
2: it. Yeah. If you don't mind James, just spoiling the fucking movie for you. no, Way to go. He just, he just spoiled it, man. Way to go. It's all right. Whatever. Uh, no, also, uh, well, he's also uh, was uh, Sergeant Zim in uh, Starship Troopers. Yes. One of my Starship favorite movies. Starship Troopers. Yeah, that's a great movie.
1: Put your hand on that wall. <laughs> I love it. Excellent. Yeah.
2: yeah, that was a great movie. That I saw that movie, like, the night before I left for boot camp, so I was all excited to get to boot camp, and, and it wasn't like that at all. I was. Pretty, were, were you pretty disappointed
1: set. when uh, they didn't have the laser rifles and shit? Yes, I was disappointed <laughs> That
2: and I, d- I was also sad they didn't have the uh, co-op showers.
1: Oh yeah, that's bad. News, you know that—that yep. that sucks, man. Uh, yeah, say, was oh. like man, I wanted to see some titties, man. Man, you can trust gotcha. us.
2: Um, yeah, they couldn't trust us. Uh, Halle Berry's from there as well. Oh, the uh, fantastic. That's all you gotta say. That's all you gotta say. The fantastic directing duo of Anthony and Joe Russo, the guys who. Made Captain America brothers. awesome. Yeah. Made Captain America awesome, and pulled off the one-two punch of Infinity War and
1: Endgame like no one else could. Nice. Uh, Martin Sheen is from there. Captain Otis, I mean uh, Sergeant Otis McKinney. Mm-hmm. My fa- my favorite role of his from the movie Cadence. Yep. And
2: uh, last but not least, let's leave off with good old Ed O'Neill. Al Bundy himself. Ah, oh, my hero.
1: Yeah. Four touchdowns in one game. Poke high. <laughs> That's
2: right. Sweet. Yeah, I love Ed O'Neill. He's he's hilarious. That, that
1: show was priceless. Married with Children was priceless. I absolutely love that show. Completely and totally politically incorrect. Yeah. And... So many truisms, it's not even funny. I I love that freaking show.
2: He was also hilarious as the donut shop guy in Wayne's World. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Why is it that when you kill a man in battle, it's considered heroic, but when you do it in the heat of passion, it's called murder? (laughs) (laughs) We just actually just watched it the other night, so that stuck in my head. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so those are the famous Ohioans. At least some of them. There were more. Like I even saw another great uh, actor, comedian Fred Willard, was from there as well. Rest in peace. Oh, Fred
1: Willard, RIP. Yeah, rest in peace, poor guy. Uh, the problem he... is a lot of our audience may not know who Fred Willard is. Some may, you know, he was uh, he he was a character actor mostly, but one of his most famous roles on TV was the WKRP in Cincinnati. He was one of their. Uh, Salesman, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was a DJ. That was Johnny Fever. <laughs> that's my boy. Well,
2: I think most of our listeners might uh, actually recognize or know him for, as uh, the, as um, what's his face is um, Ron Burgundy's <laughs> boss in Increment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That that's, I, I mean, I'm just making an assumption because that was a more recent thing and he was, you know, pretty popular. In this is, that this movie. is very true. So. Very true. But, all right, well, why don't we go ahead and get into your weird stories, plural, because you got a couple this week, don't you?
1: Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Let's roll it. Let's do it, man. Tell you what, we got a good two for today, brother. You know how I like animal stories? Yes. Uh, so do I. I found two short ones, okay. uh, but I felt together. They they kind of, they kind go together uh, by theme. So we'll start out with story number one, All right. which is large bear goes trick-or-treating in California. <laughs> I can't blame <laughs> it. Now, I will tell people, uh, I have been seeing increased stories of bears wandering into California neighborhoods and stuff. Yeah. Probably – Probably largely due to the fires and stuff like that. Their land is being burned up. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll reserve comment on. The, I will uh, also say uh,
2: that he went trick or treating because that area also gave away full size candy bars, and nobody yes, passed that up. They did. They so, they
1: dissed that fun size crap. Ain't yeah. nothing fun about a candy bar that's only an inch long.
2: But I will say, no. I will say, if a kid got mauled by that bear that night, it is that neighborhood's fault. Stop giving out full size candies. You're bringing out the bears. You bring out Bigfoot next. <laughs> Just give the fun size, and they won't come and maul your kids. All right.
1: I knew you had to slip Bigfoot in there somewhere. Of course, I always got to put awesome. Bigfoot
2: in there. That's right.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, the story goes: a California resident's doorbell camera captured the moment of a visit from an unusual late-night trick-or-treater—a very large bear. God, that's the scary. footage. Re- re- <laughs> yeah, no kid. The footage recorded hours after the last trick-or-treaters visited the the Monrovia home showing the bear sniffing around the porch decorations, apparently seeking wayward pieces of candy. You know, like when I was a kid, I didn't drop a damn thing, but you never know. Yeah, Uh, The bear walked up to the door and sniffs just before turning around to leave. And (laughs) And a quote from the resident is, costumes this year are just too good. This was a uh, quote from the resident on tw- on a Twitter post. That's hilarious. But that's uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. There's not much more to it, but the uh, there is a video for it. If anybody wants to know, and if anybody wants to see the video on this, you can go to upi.com and just look up Large Bear Trick or Treat. And it'll they'll show you the video of the guy sniffing around. It's pretty funny.
2: Can you imagine getting that notification on your phone that there's somebody at the doorbell, <laughs> and you look at it, and it's this big ass bear sniffing around? You're Ding like, dong! Holy shit! Holy
1: crap! It's Yogi! Yogi! Hey, bring that bring that candy bowl back out here! Give me that baby, Ruth. That's right. I was second story? All right, that. now part two, my brother. All right, all right. This one cracks me up here, but. It looks by what I'm looking at the video here. Yeah, because of the position of the bear and the guy that the dude is feeding this bear.
2: Oh, jeez, that's a bad idea. Yeah, go listen but to our, looks, our Montana I don't know. episode. To see why to it's watch a bad I have to watch that video
1: idea. too. I haven't seen the bear, but the story says, yeah, bear bear relocated after repeated snack runs at California store. Now, everybody remember this. This is a little bit of a serious moment. Remember what I said. Back in our Montana episode when we were discussing the bears, Mm -hmm. don't feed the wildlife. They don't need you. If that needs to happen, let the wildlife experts handle it. They can dump berries and things in the woods where bears are nowhere near the humans. Don't bait them and don't feed them because you will cost them their lives. That's right. I'm just telling you right now their
2: lives, okay. the lives of innocent people yeah. who are by. Not only that, but then you start feeding them and then get used to snacks. Next thing you know, they're going to convenience stores, doing bag snatches, food snatches, and running out back to the right. woods and, and taking yeah. money out of these hard earned 7 Elevens that are out there.
1: You got bears back sure.
2: snatching. And it's just bad for everybody.
1: It is. It's horrible. Okay, well, anyway, the story reads, wildlife officials in California said they have captured and relocated a black bear that became famous online for its repeated visits to a gas station convenience store. See, I told you. Which means he was being fed, so they keep coming back where the easy food is. That's right. He's going to bag snatch it. He's going to do a
2: beer run next. Watch.
1: Yeah, well, the problem is, like I said, if you look at the screenshot of the video, the guy's standing there with his hand up like he's filming him, and he's got a snack in his hand or something. It's ridiculous. that's a bad idea. The California Department of Fish and Wildlife said the bear, which became a virtual celebrity after security cameras recorded it pilfering snacks from inside the Chevron gas station in Kings Beach on multiple occasions, was safely captured and revealed to be a 16-year-old male. Very dangerous. That's a full-grown bear, and they will maul your ass. Oh, Because this yeah. guy is huge looking at the picture. Yeah. Make sure you post that. I will. Officials said the bear has been relocated to a large, expensive, of wild, suitable bear habitat. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Ann Bryant with the Bear League said she's concerned that the bear's relocation could put its life at risk due to a leg injury from a broken bone that did not heal correctly. Also, because it's become dependent on somebody uh, handing it its food instead of working for it. Jeez. I think this was not good for the bear, Bryant told KOVR-TV. If he was taken to another bear's habitat, that other bear is going to be territorial. This bear is compromised. It's crippled. Mm-hmm. He's crippled. Yeah. And that's bad. Now, that's oh, the end yeah. of the story, but that's exactly it. See, what I'm saying is because this joker chose to feed this bear out of the store, that it no less, mm-hmm. Um, man, I'm gonna tell you, it's just it's just bad. Look, people, he probably cost that bear his life because now the bear doesn't really know how to forage, right? Or and if it's crippled or hurt, mm-hmm. like she said, it can become compromised. It won't be able to run down its prey, right? It would it could possibly get killed or severely injured if he gets in a fight with another bear because he's he's his condition is degraded. So humans are stupid. Yeah, I mean, especially this guy on video. I hope this bear's brother shows up and swipes him one across the face.
2: Look, people it's real simple. If, if you, if you have this quote unquote relationship with this wild animal, like a bear, a coyote, a cougar, whatever, and you're able to actually feed it. It's not because you're one with nature or because the animal trusts you. It's because the animal is sick and or injured and has no other way to get the food and you're giving it free food. And at some point, it's gonna just it's gonna forget the food and go for you. Because...
1: And it's gonna come across some person, like you said, it's gonna come across somebody that doesn't understand, thinks this bear has just wandered out of the forest right. and could kill it. Exactly. You know.
2: Exactly. So stop I, feeding I just, them. It, this
1: whole that just pisses me off. Stop feeding I mean, the them. Trick or treating just... bear is one thing because I can't blame it, but this here is a blatant situation that yeah. really ticks me off. Uh, I won't drone on about it. It's just like I said before, don't feed the wildlife, please. No you'll cost them their life at some point. And that's just a bad, bad thing.
2: Don't feed them. Just call Parks and Wildlife and have them come relocate the bear or yep. get it out of the area. Just don't that's feed them. It. It's a bad, bad idea. All right, man. Great stories, yep. dude.
1: Yep. Well, I think it's your turn, brother. Why don't we get on to some of your good news?
2: All right, man. Let's uh, let's get on to the main story. I think you're going to like it today. So today's story out of Ohio is called chased by Bigfoot. Oh man. Sweet. Yeah. lay it on me, brother. Yeah. So I had normally James has an idea of what we're going to talk about this week. Cause I give him uh, information throughout the week, but uh, I saved this special for James because this particular story involves three people who actually went looking for Bigfoot were
1: <laughs> possibly, obviously found his ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Were chased out, but they were am- amateur cryptozoologists um, and uh, noted Bigfoot uh, researchers, and they so they caught they also caught some rather interesting audio sounds, and so nice. We will be playing those sounds during the episode. So sweet. Let's get into sweet. it, shall we? So the story revolves around Mike Miller and Mike Feltner out of Ohio. They are the founders of the Ohio Night Stalkers. They are amateur cryptozoologists out of Dayton, Ohio. Now, the Night Stalkers drive from place to place in the woods in Adams and Shawnee counties, and they carry a stick they use to make sounds. It's actually a wooden bat that they use to make sounds. They do tree knocking, which is a well-known primate way of communication. And Mm -hmm. many Bigfoot researchers believe that Bigfoot's a primate, and so he would also use knocking as well. They also call Bigfoot by howling and carrying audio amplification equipment to capture any sounds. According to their Facebook page, it says we are a group of cryptozoologists that do research on the phenomenon known as Sasquatch.
1: Yes, I have a question. Good, sir. You don't need to raise your hand. Just Give me the question, son. (laughs) Well, when we're recording in separate locations, I can't just cut in. I'm looking right at you. I'm looking right at you. You cut in all you want, buddy. (laughs) What's going on, man? Well, sir, I was going to ask real quick, what? In your opinion, make somebody a professional cryptozoologist versus a amateur cryptozoologist. At what point does one cross over to becoming a simple bigfoot chaser to an expert? What do you think?
2: I think it has to do with whether or not it's it's how they make their living. Ah. So uh, we got we have some friends, uh, Nick Redfern and um, Ken Gerhard. They, Absolutely. They have written. Numerous books and they travel to actually investigate these things constantly. Uh, and this is how they make their living. So, yes, um, I think I believe the Ohio Night Stalkers are just like most paranormal investigators. Uh, yeah. They have full time jobs and then they do this on the side as as a passion. So cool. most paranormal investigators are I mean, hell, even the ghost hunters, even taps, even when they had their TV show. They were still amateur paranormal investigators because they still worked for Roto-Rooter. Yes. Did this on the side. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. So I I think that's what makes, that's what uh, differentiates amateur
1: versus professional. Just time, experience, and putting in the work. Yeah. What about you? What do you think?
2: What do you think separates the two?
1: Well, I'm I'm just in agreement. I just kind of wanted to get your st- your take on it. Gotcha. That's exactly it because we've discussed many times like when it comes to the paranormal field mm-hmm. there is no quote-unquote degree. Right. There is the you, it's it's a baptism by fire so yes. to say. You get into it, you study it. You take a long time. You learn how to review your evidence. You know how you learn how to debunk. You're basically learning the process. Right. You learn from others, and you can come up with some of your own techniques. And I believe, like I said, in the case of our buddies Ken and Nick, those guys have earned their status as some of the top tiers in their fields because they have put in that work they oh, yeah. have done crap loads of research mm-hmm. they've written books and we've both met them and they're both fantastic and they're both extremely knowledgeable about damn near any creature you can mention you mention one and i say oh well, i've done this and i've done that and mm-hmm. and i just i think like you said that's what i think separates it is time and experience because yeah. like i said i don't think there's a cryptozoology degree is no, there there's i not. mean i don't think there
2: is no there's not there's not it's it's not even re, uh, seen as an actual science according to mainstream science so there's no, screw mainstream science I yeah mean they're out there lame stream science i'm calling it right now lame, lame stream fake news bitch <laughs> 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 but yeah All so right. i i mean I, I you know you and also when you read books by like nick and ken and others versus uh other people who put out books but don't put it out as their main source of living or their main passion, you, 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 can, you yeah. can tell the difference. I mean, Nick's books and, and Ken's books are so well put together, so well thoroughly researched, you know, and they're actually out there living and doing the things you read about in their books versus someone who yeah. just puts a book together to talk about the history of, like, Sasquatch in their area. That's that's amateur to me.
1: Yep, and now I know this is more of the ghost variety, but yeah. our other good buddy Richard he is a yeah. fantastic writer, a mm-hmm. uh, fantastic researcher, and he's a first responder. The guy, the yes. paramedic. He is a fantastic gentleman, an excellent writer. That'd be Richard Estep. Richard Estep,
2: yeah. Uh, Go check him out. He's got a ton of books. Yet. Check him out. On Amazon, yeah. yeah. He's, he's a great, great guy. And a... A newly converted lover of Waterburger, so you're welcome, Richard.
1: Yes, <laughs> you're welcome. Please continue, my friend.
2: You got it, man. So the the following story takes place on October eleventh, twenty fourteen. Now, uh, Mike, the two Mikes. I'm gonna call them Mike squared from this part out because it's Mike Miller, Mike Felcher. So the Mike squared. <laughs> Decided to get M&M. together. Eminem. There you M&M. go. Eminem. Decided to get together because they had heard some recent encounters of Bigfoot in, in an area of Adams County and they wanted to go investigate. Uh, Mike M, Mike Miller, has always been an outdoorsman and has always been out doing fishing, hunting, all that stuff. He loves being outdoors. He's familiar with the outdoors. Uh, so is Mike Mike Feltner, not to the extent of Miller, but Miller actually developed an interest in Bigfoot while living in Dayton. So, so that night they actually went and took. Mike Feltner's son, teenage son Jordan Feltner, with him because he was also into Bigfoot, also, and so the three of them were going to get together and go on, and go down to where the latest sightings had happened to see if they could possibly maybe have a sighting.
1: What the hell they take the kid for bait?
2: <laughs> it's ghost bait. Go hang him in a tree. There you go, bait. boy. <laughs> well, so there. So Adams County is a very remote, forested part of Ohio. I mean, super forested. The road that they went on was a one one way road. So there was no traffic in or out. They were the only car out there um, as far as they could tell.
1: Why is it always like that? <laughs> it's a cliche, you know. Stories, it's, a, it's a cliche. Out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know, all hope is lost. If something bad happens, they're screwed. You know, I love that kind of stuff. Because you know why? Because it's, it's, it's it, perilous. It's kind of, you're yeah. putting yourself in an exciting but dangerous position. Because exactly. Because if, if Biggie shows up, where are you going to run? Nowhere. You know what I mean? I love
2: it. There, this is Yeah, he outruns you every time. It's a lot scarier than saying we went to – the biggest mall in the county at four o'clock in the afternoon, and we saw a ghost, even though there was like 8,000 people there. Yeah, you saw a ghost. it's like teenagers everywhere, but we still, we still, we, we still buried it. Yeah, yeah no it's, kids, it's not quite as scary. So they started out the expedition at a small metal bridge crossing a river in the afternoon. Mike Squared, or Eminem, however you want to call it, got out. <laughs> And began vocalization experiments with specialized recording equipment. So they had a couple different recorders they bought and then they amplified to help uh, reach get more sound from the area. Of course, they're in a forested area, so the the sound carries more. But they they want to make sure they get as as far away as they can, as far as their sound equipment. So uh, Mike F began howling and calling up and down the bridge while Mike M listened on the on the equipment.
1: Howling? I wonder how. I wonder what kind of call. So they were doing howling
2: and, and whoops, like whoop, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah,
1: that's true because they, they do say they whistle, they make whooping yes. noises and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. So he, he began
2: walking up down the bridge doing that for quite a few minutes, um, and eventually they did get a reply in the afternoon while on the river. So,
1: Quit screaming, you idiots! I'm trying to catch a fish. <laughs> You're scaring, <laughs> mm,
2: scaring all the fish, dickhead. Bigfoot's kind of a dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's I fine. keep breaking it up.
1: You're keep fine. going, man. You're fine.
2: Yeah, so here is the actual recording of that reply they got on that bridge.
1: Uh yeah okay let me, my let me my skin crawled my skin crawled on that one a little it, bit. yeah that's awesome
2: <laughs> yeah so that's the reply they got while they were on the bridge in the afternoon so they heard the, they heard the howl uh, multiple times now Mike goes on to say Mike both Mike either one but uh, Mike Felton does most of the talking but they've heard owls cougars and such before while in the woods and they believe that this was not any of those. Uh, That they got didn't sound like it to me. Yeah,
1: didn't Um, sound like it to me and didn't even sound like a wolf.
2: No, it did not. No. So after after a few minutes, the call stopped. So they decided is they wanted to continue on their on their travel. So they jumped back in the car and drove on. Now, the forest road is so dark that you can only see a few feet in front of you. So they had to drive super slow to get to their destination. I
1: know it's it's a cliche, man, just nonstop. It, well, it, it damn sure is. Was it foggy or I what? was just I mean, gonna
2: say that it might as well be fog, you know, rolling in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Might as well, and throwing and if, a couple of Stupakabras and a... <laughs> wait. If it doesn't get more cliche
2: enough, eventually the road comes up to an open graveyard.
1: Oh, good lord!
2: <laughs> it's an episode.
1: <laughs> it's quickly turning to episode of Scooby Doo. <laughs> hey why not throw in a graveyard why not go for it man this this is this is getting good i'm liking this <laughs> so my
2: calf has stated that he'd read that there have been multiple reports of bigfoot sightings in and around this graveyard area believe it or not which
1: is i don't know <laughs> <Hell weird. for? laughs> maybe they have a cousin that's buried there i don't know <laughs> bigfoot in a graveyard yeah man this like i said this is getting good i like <laughs> i'm liking the story you're right brother so they, they finally arrive to
2: this graveyard. It's it's dark. Uh, the sun had set maybe an hour or so before. By the way, from the moment they left the house, up to this point, his son Jordan has been asleep in the backseat this whole time. Just I just want to point that out there. Okay, this kid, Worthless. This worthless. Kid man, man, he's supposed to be helping. I'm
1: sleeping in the backseat. He's
2: knocked out. So <laughs> when they get to the graveyard, Mike squared. They get out, begin looking around the graveyard <laughs> with flashlights while setting up their audio equipment again. The duo believe that that night is going to be the best time to go as because they believe Bigfoot is a nocturnal creature, which I think I think most sightings, not counting the videos, uh, the actual videos, I think most sightings are, are at night as well.
1: I think they're trying to break this kid in because what's going to happen, he's going to wake up, Bigfoot going to be hollering, he's going to try to jump out of the car to run because they can't find the keys. We're in a graveyard, and he doesn't know which way to go. There's gravestones everywhere. He's just going to have a heart attack and die. So this is drop.
2: all some elaborate like hazing for the kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. This is awesome. So, Mike F. Uh, pulled out the wooden bat that he brought to do some wood knocking experiments. Now, Wood knocking, as we mentioned before, is just it's making um, a bunch of different sounds against a tree or a piece of wood um, to to get a response because primates use that to communicate as well.
1: They knock and they drag. They, yes. They, they like take a branch and they'll swipe it on a tree or something like yeah. that.
2: So at, at least they've
1: been told. I've, I've heard that they do that.
2: That's what I've heard as well. Yeah, as well. After a second round of knocks, they heard three knocks in reply, presumably from the woods in front of them. They also make note of the fact that when the reply starts, the entire forest around them goes quiet. No birds, no insects, nothing. Wow. Which usually means there's a very large and scary predator in the area. That's bone chilling. Everybody's shutting the hell up. So, after 25 minutes of complete silence, they then hear a series of howls.
1: We've heard owls. We've heard deer. We've heard about everything in the woods that makes a noise. And this is different. So, man. Yeah, and man, that, that man. was Mike mm-hmm. that You
2: heard, by the way, I, I guess I forgot <laughs> to mention at the beginning um, all this information came from not just uh, some news reports that I saw, but they also appeared on uh, an episode of These Woods Are Haunted, which we've used before oh, yeah. for information. So they appeared on, on this episode telling, telling their story, and they also uh, brought these actual audio clips that they recorded onto us. So all this is coming straight from the episode. So that was Mike Feltner talking about all the things they've heard before, and this was not one of them.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm hopefully, that, that they had some professional... Uh, zoologists maybe review their recordings just to see if maybe they say no, this is the call of this or this is the sound of that
0: yeah
1: if they could send it away for a professional, I mean I don't know if they have or have it, but if they do and they come back and say, man, I ain't never heard none of that I don't know what the hell it is. I love like that because I want to believe mm-hmm. you know we do want to believe oh, I think yeah, they're out sure. there. And the last thing I want to do is discredit somebody's evidence right. if they think it's real you know but if you know if it isn't real, you know, if we find a reason to debunk it, this is a good thing, because then you're not following a bunch of fake crap. True. But, uh, true. And, like and that's that straight makes... up legit, man. Like that, and you can't explain it. I freaking love that. Yeah, that but all,
2: awesome. all of the all of the evidence that gets debunked, that can be debunked, makes all the evidence that can't be debunked that much more incredible.
1: Yes, it does. Yeah.
2: As far as far as I could tell, from what I read. Uh, they hadn't taken any of the sounds to crypto or to a zoologist or, or anything. so um, maybe they did, but they it wasn't mentioned in any of the stories that I read. That's just me
1: thinking out loud though, because uh, like I said, we've been doing this a long time together and stuff like that. and different stuff. we haven't chased any big feet or anything like Not that yet. but in the debunking frame of mind which yeah. me and you like to try to do because yes. we want any evidence we ever came up with, To be straight up legit and unexplainable Mm -hmm. before we present it on our website or on our Facebook page or to other people, or even to the the rest of the group. Hey, we
2: can't explain it. Even to the rest of the group, we want we want to make sure it's real before we bring it to them. You know? Hell yeah! Yeah. Hell yeah! No, and, and that's the first thing we do when we go into like say a private location or even a public location. The first thing we do is we we any of the reports that we've given or we are told about, we go and we try to debunk them first off. And Mm -hmm. if we can't, we set up a camera or we set up some sort of equipment in that area to try to see if it repeats itself. Absolutely. Yeah. So they believe that the howls were an indication that the Bigfoot is making their way towards them. Suddenly the howls, (laughs) suddenly the howls stopped and it went quiet. But then they started. Oh, hell no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They went to stealth mode. They went to stealth mode. Yeah.
2: (laughs) But then they started hearing what sounds like footsteps coming through the forest towards them. Bye. <laughs> you, that, most normal people would say bye. Okay, but these two yep. are not normal, obviously. When the footsteps stop, they then hear a long whistling coming from in front of them. <laughs> As they stand mm. there listening, the footsteps and whistling continue for many minutes, but then the howls start back up.
1: holy crap that's the big flip. he's coming he's coming this way
2: and that's when jordan finally Woo. woke the hell up and ran outside <laughs> because he heard that
1: <laughs> oh my lord i mean that's incredible man yeah that would wake me up too that that third one is freaky as hell that's like one of the second best recordings I've heard since we started doing this show man yeah. the other one was that banshee scream from the clouds oh yeah that was great that was so oh, cool but man yeah. that is that is awesome dude Yeah. so he ran outside to see
2: what the sounds were and that's when the howls multiplied
1: a very distinct somewhat aggressive howl our adrenaline's off the roof I do not believe it's the same creature. That's when they... Man, I'd love to see the doubters explain that one away.
2: Yeah. So what you're hearing there is what they believe is actually uh, the sounds of at least two different sets of howls. Uh, Then, at some point, coyotes begin to join in on the howling. Okay. You hear the coyotes in the background there. I'll play it again. Yep, sure do. Right there. Then the creatures begin to actually mimic the coyote sounds. So what, what you heard there, they said was actually the, the, the Bigfoot mimicking the cries of the coyote as well. Wow. Yeah. And it's at this time that they're completely on edge, obviously. I mean, it's not enough that the creature is stalking them, but now they have a pack of coyotes nearby while this is going on. This has been like 20 minutes has been, this has been happening. All of a sudden, for some reason, it sounds like one of the coyotes is being massacred. Like it's crying out like it's being attacked.
0: Is that thing going? Yeah.
1: And then the coyote goes nuts.
2: So Mike yeah. believes that the creature killed the coyote, and that was the sound they caught. And so as they're sending Jordan back to the car, he begins pleading with them to get the hell out of the area. And yeah Just as suddenly as the sound started, the noises stop, and the sound of the forest returns. Wow. Now as Mike returns to the car, they hear the howling again, this time much closer, and it seems like it's moving. They then realize the creatures are now actually coming their way. They all jump back in the car and haul ass out of there.
1: Well, that's a uh, good idea at that point. No, especially I, if you're unarmed. Totally agree. And then again, then again, you're in their area too. They can probably get right up on you without you being able to so much as blink.
2: I mean, with how dark it is, you can't see a few feet in front of you. They could be, you know, five feet in front of you, and you, you can't even see them. That's how dark it is.
1: Yet, which matches a lot of what we've talked about before. We've talked about some of our other cryptids. Some of them are peaceful. Some of them might want to get you and bring you into their uh, families. Mm -hmm. Some of them are cannibalistic and murderous. You know, there's just a big variety of them. They're just different different tribes. And and some you
2: marry into, you know?
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So
2: while driving down that one-way road, they suddenly slam their brakes when they see a deer in the middle of the road. Now this is not unusual. It's the forest. You'll see deer. You know the deer, whole deer in the headlights thing is is, is a cliche, but it's a true cliche. You know when the yep. when you're driving down the road if it, if a deer's in the middle of the road, it'll, it'll just look at the headlights and be transfixed by them. And then I boom. can
1: tell you that from experience, brother, right. I've I've come in that situation a thousand times right. at least.
2: And so as you've noticed, anytime you come across a deer, it's always looking right at you, right the headlights. Yes. Yes. Well, they all realized something was wrong with this deer when they saw it was, in fact, not looking at them. It was looking straight ahead at the forest in front of it. Then it ran off
1: the other way or did it run the the, same direction? The other way, does it say Uh, away from the
2: forest, away from where it was looking at?
1: Okay, so something was over there.
2: Yeah, something something in that forest in front of it was was more terrifying than the car coming right at it in the road.
1: Yeah, I'd be like, hit me, hit me, yeah, hit me now <laughs> because I ain't going in that forest. I ain't going that tree line. You probably a faster it. death.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. both Mike's, Mike squared, for some reason got out of the car to look for the deer. And the White whistles. People, I swear, <laughs> you know, <laughs> look. <laughs> if as long as the deer is not cut in half right there in front of you, you don't see any any sort of death. It's fine. Just go. The yeah. deer is fine. Yeah, but that is when the whistles and howls begin back up. And they realize that these creatures have been following it the entire time they've been driving down away from that spot.
1: Holy crap.
2: So they actually pulled out their equipment and that is the sound they caught further down the road. Damn. Yeah. So the howling once again stops. Mike F. then walks a few feet into the forest hoping to catch a glimpse. And he does. He sees something large and hairy standing by a tree about 10 yards directly in front of him.
1: I was taking a piss. I can't help it. Sorry.
2: <laughs> Damn it, James. You scared the kid- hell out of him. The creature was standing still watching him while Mike is frozen in fear. He says the creature is close to seven feet tall and totally still. He, he went straight ninja mode. Wow. The creature then howls at Mike. And Mike is so scared, all he can do is walk backwards towards his vehicle, so he can keep his eyes on it the entire time. Because he's he's assured as soon as he turns his head, it's going to charge him.
1: Wow, that man! I'm gonna tell you, what, that's bone chilling. Yeah. I mean, I've been out, I've been out camping and been in the mountains. I've been around wild animals and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. when you're confronted in a situation like that, you're not armed, you're unaware, you're right there on it. It could jump you at any second. You right. Just, don't have any control. Man, that is scary. I'm gonna tell you what. I give them props for guts. Yeah, I definitely give these guys props for guts because hearing what they heard mm-hmm. at the cemetery and all that stuff, and they still stop the car and get out when they see strange stuff. That's guts. Props to these guys, yeah. man. For for yeah, you know, for having some cojones. Well, luckily
2: he was able to make it back to the car, and they are able to make it safely out of the forest, or so they thought. The trio. Oh, geez. <laughs> man alive. So the trio end up stopping at the edge of the woods As Mike F begins to have a panic attack (laughs) I mean, I I would have had a panic attack Like, you know, miles back
1: In other words, the adrenaline's wearing off In the car Yeah, They're starting to come down off of it They probably got a cold sweat going Their heart's pounding And yeah, then it overwhelms them They start to hyperventilate from panic And then, yep, he sets it right off man.
0: Exactly.
1: Exactly Something else, man Something else They exit the vehicle to give Mike
2: F. some fresh air and are met with two loud and aggressive sounding whoops. Oh, boy. Mike M. then grabs his pistol, which he brought for safety, and walks towards the woods, intent on scaring them off. And as he approaches the wood line, he says he hears a hissing sound similar to the sound of air escaping a tire. Mm. The creature then roars with such ferociousness. Mike said he's able to physically feel the roar. Holy crap. Once again, they jump back in the vehicle, made the final trek out of the forest and return safely home. So it took
1: them three times a damn near getting (laughs) turned into sushi before (laughs) they ass got out the woods.
2: Look, these men went out with the intent of finding Bigfoot. Well,
1: they did a good job. The first time they found him,
2: (laughs) they thought, okay, we found him. That's great. We're all, we're, we're so lucky. They didn't realize they were going to be chased down and damn near, you know, uh, eaten
1: by this creature. Yeah. That is crazy, man. Yeah. So
2: that is the story of chased by Bigfoot. Eminem and
1: Jordan <laughs> Eminem
2: and Jordan chased by Bigfoot yeah and th- that also goes to something that I've always felt like there's so many people out there researchers that like they all have stories of like Bigfoot being you know the the forest man or like maybe another another tribe of of indigenous Native Americans that you know are just living off the land or, or, or at peace with with nature wow. and stuff they are ferocious creatures and if they wanted to, yes. They could tear you apart in an instant, More just as bad as a bear.
1: That's what i say, because people, yeah, park your egos, because you're dealing with creatures that have evaded humans mm-hmm. for centuries. Oh, yeah,
2: and still Centuries.
1: Are. Yeah. They've been on this earth. Uh, could be even holdovers from, like, the Neanderthal periods and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, we've talked about that before. It could right. be some pre-human ape-style creatures that have intelligence but they have adaptability, strength, and they are extraordinarily smart. So, yeah, they're not just these big, dumb, slobbering no. furballs wandering the forest. They're dangerous creatures. They're smart. They're
2: organized. I mean, and, and these things are, are probably, I mean, many people believe that they're like some sort of uh, um, offshoot of uh, Gigantopithecus, which was a, a large, uh, like, nine-foot ape Hu- not not human, but like a two legged ape that was found uh, many years ago. But if that's yeah. the case, they're they're as smart as humans, at least, and as deadly as gorillas.
1: Yeah, we're, when we a uh, few episodes down the road, when we get back with our buddies uh, mm-hmm. Lee and Dan from Beyond uh, Beyond Terrestrial. Yeah, I know they always talk about interdimensional Bigfoot. Maybe we we'll get there get their two cents on that
2: one. Yeah, because I actually love that theory. I I fully subscribe to the interdimensional Bigfoot theory myself. So
1: yeah, yeah. maybe that's why they're so
2: evasive. I totally believe that's why we haven't found a body. Very cool. They don't actually die here. They die in the other dimension. So, all right, buddy, well, why don't you go ahead and tell the folks at home where they can find us. They want to, and and where they can subscribe to our bonus content.
1: I certainly can. Uh, we are on the fourthhand.com media network along with our sister project What the Suck. Uh, we also There's also several other really good shows on there and great people if you want to give them a listen. There's a lot of great varieties, a lot of topics, a lot of really cool stuff. We are also on the Big Evil Facebook. We are on instagram which i will say our following is going through the roof we're yeah, 1600 thanks. and growing awesome. it is awesome and we are also on twitter and we're over at thousand on twitter we've only been on there for about a month and a half yeah so we really appreciate the following and the support if you would like to help us just a little bit more we also have our patreon patreon.com forward slash state of fear all one word you can go on there we have three levels we have the hitchhiker for a buck gives you access to all the goofy stuff we do behind the scenes you get all you get get access to the shout out
2: blooper reels and shout out correct
1: Yep. We have our uh, backseat driver, which is our $5 level, which gives you an access, uh, early access to ad free episodes, gives you access to some of our materials, some of our more special materials. And then we have what we call shotgun, which is up front with us. Riding shotgun down the highway. That's right. This is our best package, ten bucks. You get access to everything we do, including behind the scene video and very special episodes we're doing. As a matter of fact, Chris and I are going to be retracing the steps of the Cash Landrum UFO incident yes, soon. We, we are, are going to video it and document it. Mm-hmm. And we will be offering that on Patreon. We may even run a special on there just to get everybody to sign up, give it a shot, see what you think. Maybe we'll make that available at the five dollar level, and see if everybody come on there. You can't do it for a buck, sorry. Can't I mean, do it for no dollar. Either way, you <laughs> won't be disappointed.
2: That's right. You won't be disappointed. Um You get all kinds of extra stuff and um and then you're supporting us, and all, everything we get from the patreon goes right back into the show, so
1: it goes into the show because yeah we we do have some expenses we've got equipment upkeep and stuff that's right. like that, and that 's all we 're using it for we ain 't trying to get rich if we were trying to get rich we 'd be charging twenty five thirty forty fifty bucks a hundred dollars uh, for the final one a hundred dollars you know? yeah right, you know. So it's, it's just nickel and dime stuff, man. Get on there and enjoy the extra content because Chris right. has done an outstanding job of compiling this extra data. He goes in and he works very hard grabbing the bloopers. He does all this stuff, and it's enjoyable, and it's funny.
2: Let's not forget also James himself has some very special James-only episodes that are on there. So if you Yeah, want to hear...
1: I've got a couple on there. I've if got you... one on medical conspiracies, and then I've got one. Uh, actually, that's the only one I've got on there You're right it, now on our sister now, project, yeah. What the Suck. I have uh, the 10 things you can learn from Star Trek. So.
2: That's right. So if you want to go learn some lessons and hear James' sultry voice uninterrupted by me, go on Patreon and you can listen to those.
1: Yeah, I'm a huge conspiracy theorist. So I'm going to be working out some other conspiracy uh, conspiracy episodes that yeah. I'll be putting on our rest stops. And we'll get those posted as well and announced. Hope you like the content. We'd love the support, and like yeah, I said, we appreciate so much, every single one of you out there that gives us the time of day and listens to our show.
2: Yeah, and thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We we love doing this, and we love seeing the numbers rise, and we love knowing that you guys are listening. It, it's fantastic. Amen. Yeah. All right, man. Why don't we head on to the next state and get the hell out of here before Bigfoot chases us out?
1: <laughs> yeah, I say we get on down the road. Unfortunately, this week, the... T- <laughs> the, the cassette is stuck in the deck, man. So I can't play anything <laughs> oh, this week. Damn it. We'll get it fixed. Come up with something next week. All right, folks. Sorry about that. We got nothing to jam out to. So play your favorites and God yeah.
0: bless.
2: Peace. We'll see y'all next state Oh, and don't forget to stay tuned for the personal encounter stories coming up right now.
0: What is going on? My name is JP Doyle. I am a paranormal investigator based out of Houston, Texas. I am the lead for the team known as just paranormal. And I was also Part of the four-man crew called Seventh Circle Productions. Um, we were a paranormal documentary film crew. The team consisted of myself, Alex Bobolinski, Steve Bro, and Keith Campbell. Um, so we all have our uh, things going on, and this kind of this year kind of just made a crazy turn. So we have, we are no longer going to be making films together. Um, but one of the films. That we did was called Madhouse. A paranormal documentary. Which can be found on Amazon Prime. And it was about. Madison Seminary. Which was once a. Basically an insane asylum. In in a sense. And they would literally just. Allow almost anybody and everybody. To be locked in this place. And I'm talking. From women. Who just like disobeyed their husbands because keep in mind this was the early 1900s um, so women who just basically disobeyed their husbands just people that probably thought just a little bit differently than the average norm so basically anybody that believed in paranormal probably so we would all be put in this place so this place was just a, um, a very very active location um, we spent two nights there Again, it was the four of us, Seventh Circle Productions. We spent two nights there, and I must say, it was a crazy, crazy experience. We had EVPs. We had disembodied voices. I mean, one at one time, we were actually in what they call Sarah's room, which was supposedly uh, belonging to a little girl. And there was this closet in this room. And everybody always said to leave the closet alone um, if you open it be very you know aware or be very concerned with your uh, self because things could get crazy especially if the closet was left open um, and and if you just left it open and walked away and left it open the whole building would change and I think we kind of got that uh, on film because we we're hearing strange sounds coming from the closet, like almost like scratching noises. So then we open the closet and um, and when you hear scratching noises, you think, well, it's probably an animal. But this closet's depth depth was probably like not even two feet like the it was a very shallow closet. It wasn't very big. Um, and if there was a little girl that was like locked in there, you know, whether she was a, when she was a spirit or alive and she remains in that closet for some reason. It probably has just enough room for a little girl to go in. And when I mean like little girl, I'm talking like five, six, maybe. And um, so we open the door. And as soon as we open it, we hear this strange like banging sound from across the freaking seminary. I mean, literally on the other side of the building. So we all go towards it. We investigate. It wasn't really much. We come back. We let the closet door open because, of course, you know, we were startled by the sound. Um, so then we began doing more experiments with it. And again, a very, but much louder sound, um, rang through the building. We ran towards where we heard it and investigated again. And once again, leaving the closet door open. So then we, we kind of put it together. Oh, and we caught some very insane EVPs as this whole instance was happening. So it was, um, it had like a bunch of different pieces of evidence all in one. And there was some physical phenomena with Keith, I believe. Um, it's been a while since I've seen the movie myself because we, we this came out a couple years ago. And it was Keith that um, actually had a very strange thing happen to him, I believe, during that moment. Um, so we think that we were trying, they were, whatever it was, was trying to lead us away from the closet to keep the closet open. Which is what everybody before we start investigating said happened. Um, another situation that occurred that I think is worth mentioning because it is off. It's almost like it's in the film, but it's not explained very well. And the most messages we get about our film is like, "What what was up with this situation?" So for you listening here, if you listen, if you go watch the film after listening here you kind of have inside baseball knowledge of what was going on. Um, so there's a part where some of us experience um, strange phenomena. There was uh, a couple of us that were supposedly linked by this entity. Cause if you watch again on Madhouse, it portrays how the four of us met online and we all came together in one location for like the first time ever. So we all became friends through the internet and we met up in real life after years of talking and we decided to film this documentary together. But we find out from two psychics on two separate occasions in two different states that don't know each other. They all said, hey, y'all are linked together. That is why y'all became friends. And we're like, what? And and, and keep in mind, they weren't telling us this all together as a group. They were te- they like, I was told this by a psychic that I know and trust, which I don't like really know where I put most psychics because I find a lot of them are frauds but she has been very convincing to me in the past and that's the reason why I do dealings with her I guess. Um, and then a friend of the, one of the other guys on the group uh, I believe it was his uh, fiance at the time told him this and she has special abilities. So we were both told separately without them knowing that we're all linked through this one entity that comes across um, all of our sessions, even like, even though we all live in different states, this entity would come across our sessions through ghost boxing and things like that. And uh, we actually bleep out the name, which I'll explain to you why we do that, but um, in the movie, but um, we bleep out his name in the movie and it's Seven. Seven is, is this entity's name. And supposedly for some reason we are all connected through this entity and that goes really deep and we are told different things by different people. So we're still trying to put all those, all that puzzle pieces together, I guess is what you, how the best way I could explain it's like a giant puzzle. So we had to actually felt, well, we felt like we had to include a phenomena that occurred in the movie because it all happened while we were together, which is strange because it, he does come through more whenever we are gathered together because we've been together a couple times since, and he comes through more. So we all experience something called the water drop phenomena, which basically means we would all feel phantom water drops. Um, the first time it happened to me a couple years ago, and it was while I was actually chatting with some of these friends and and I didn't even know what what it was I didn't even mention it to them because I didn't think about it but I was sitting in this very chair that I record this session and um, a water drop well it felt like a water drop literally landed on my nose on my left nostril and it felt like it came from up above so I instantly looked up wiped my nose but there was no water which was I, I found very strange and I looked up and I didn't see any water I literally stood on the chair um, and touch the ceiling to see if I could feel water coming through and nothing. Well, I think it was Keith who was the next, who shared one day that he felt water dropping on his arm or something and there was no water or anything. And I told him, dude, I experienced that too. And then we'll come to find out almost all of us experienced that. So while we were actually at this location, um, Steve experienced a phantom water drop on his head. And he didn't know about this because he wasn't involved in the prior uh, group chats of people that thought we were all tied together by Steve. He just kind of came in on this project in Seven Circle Productions. So he was like an outside person, or so we thought, to this phenomena. And during the filming, he had phantom water drop laying on his head while he was in a building that um, is actually located outside of the seminary. Behind it, so I don't know. We 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 decided to go ahead and include it because we wanted to mention that somehow we were all linked together by this entity. But I don't think we should have should have or we should have done a better job of explaining it. Um, But the reason why we had to bleep the entity's name out in the film was because at the time we were under a contractual agreement with a production company that was supposed to film our story. So we decided uh, it was probably best us to bleep it out, but we didn't want to leave it out. But which kind of confused people, but it was a significant thing, mainly for it was probably done mainly for us as a group. We thought that it was important. And even though the um, viewers may not necessarily understand it, it was kind of mainly just done for us. But yeah, that place is, um, is exceptional. Ma- Madison Seminary is definitely a place that Um, You need to go to one of the people in our group. Steve actually had a crazy um, thing happen to him once when he was there before we got there uh, because he had been there before with his old team because he lives close to the seminary and he's friends with the owner. And he had an experience that changed his life. And then that night that we were filming the second night we were filming, he had a very similar experience to that. So this movie was just, um, it was just insane. And another little fun tidbit of information about Madhouse, a paranormal documentary, is that uh, we didn't intend for it to be what it was in a sense because we thought we were just getting together to film uh, a YouTube series or you know YouTube videos for our separate channels, and then we decided last minute, hey, why don't we just make this into like a documentary? And that's what we ended up doing. Last minute, I'm telling you, we got there and decided to do this. So that's the beauty of this film. It just kind of came out of thin air almost. Um, But I think that was done for a reason. And I think it was to show you this location. This location wants to be known. It wants to uh, be spread around the world as one of the most haunted locations. Because these spirits here still have a story to tell. And they still have their voice that they want to get out And uh, I definitely, definitely uh, recommend you going to Madison Seminary in Madison, Ohio. It's northern Ohio, so it's close to the border. But um, I highly recommend you going and checking this place out. So thanks for uh, having me on, Chris. And um, let me know anytime you want me to come back. Appreciate it. Oh, plugs. Um, Check out my podcast Called Not Today Satan Podcast. You can find that on all major podcast outlets and on YouTube. It's not necessarily paranormal, but the subject does come up a lot and it is um, more of just like a hangout session with me, my friend, uh, Nick Bermea, who is a Houston comedian and our somewhat producer, Roman. (laughs) He is uh, also on my paranormal teams. So make sure you check it out because these subjects do come up, but we also discuss everyday life and other things. Um, And then as well, of course, if you want to check out Madhouse, a paranormal documentary on Amazon Prime. And if you want to check out The Evil of Nowhere on Amazon Prime, that was actually our second film that we did together and last, unfortunately. But don't worry, um, we are doing other things. I'm doing other things and things will be out soon. So if you want to keep up with that, just make sure you check out Just Paranormal on YouTube. Um, Appreciate it.
2: We're clear. Oh, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you.
1: You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.
2: Looking for a brew unique to you? Find it at Kroger. Discover distinctly different
0: chameleon organic ground coffee with flavors like Guatemala and dark and handsome. They're so organic, so sustainable, and so good. Visit Kroger today to get yours.